Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Today, we are going to talk about a lot of things, including some very exciting, juicy DM news for both LinkedIn and Instagram, as well as some sexy stats all about purchasing decisions and Gen Z. And finally, we're also going to dive deep into some creator conversations around TikTok and some interesting findings about the new paywall. Hello team and welcome back to All Marketing School. It's Fabia, founder and head teacher at this school. And I'm joined once again with the BB of all BBs, which sounds really wrong, but we're going to go with that. The wonderful Jess. Hello, how you doing? Good. I feel like the BB of all BBs is BB King. I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a close second. I'll call you BB Queen then. It's fine. You know, instead of BB King, you BB Queen. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I promised Jess a very wholesome um, pop quiz, so we're actually going to do this. So if you're not watching any sort of snippets, any YouTube videos, totally fine. You're listening to your wonderful headphones. We are both wearing or styling braids. So we both have braids. Jess's look like proper Dutch braids or even French braids, but with with with, with swag. Uh, mine apparently look juicy, but you know, I it is not as easy as it looks. These were a labor of love. So I want you to guess out of three options, how long did it take me to get these braids out? Counting that I watched five YouTube videos and none of them helped me. 15 minutes, 25 minutes, 37 minutes. I'm going to go for 37 because that's a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> I also I also have to be honest, after five minutes of some of them, I was like, this is not working. It was 37 minutes. Mm. 37 mm. minutes of watching and then I just gave up and in five minutes I just did this, which is an abomination. But apparently it looks juicy, so I'll take it. It's just, it was just like, I can't do this. These people have too much patience. These people's coordination with their brain is awesome. Mine is not. I'm just going to braid it and let it out. So yeah, it took forever, Jess. Tell me your secrets. Tell us all the secrets about braiding your hair because I, I can't and I need it in my life right now because I don't like my hair around my face. Um, 
Oh, the secret. <clears throat> Dirty hair is a big secret. Don't, if you're doing it on silky smooth hair, especially Caucasian hair, it's really straight and hard to grip. So braids mm. on Caucasian hair is easier when it's dirtier. Um, and you've got a little a bit more grip on it. Um, the other, I learned on Barbie dolls when I was growing up, I would just like, so it's been from day, I, I braid a lot of my friends' hair. Like, they come around and, like, I'll do braids for them. And my partner's black, and I'm excited to have babies with frizzy hair that I can braid and, like, do loads and loads of braids on them if they'll let me. Like, I feel like I've been practising for this my whole life. I love this! <laughs> but, yeah, I love doing braids. But these ones, if you're looking on the video, like, I've got a few layers in my hair, so I've got some... Pingers mm. popping out, but your braids are cute. They're thick and juicy. They're like um, your hair looks gorgeous. Oh, uh, thank mm. you, my love. My hair. Mm. Everybody's like, is this our marketing podcast? Yes, everybody, it is. But it's also a wholesome, wholesome, wholesome podcast. So today we're gonna go on a tangent, and you're gonna roll with it because anybody who has not as such experience with braids, and most of my friends were really good. It was exactly that level of experience. They've done it a lot with friends, whereas I've never done it. I I sported short hair a lot. So, but I have very, I have a mane. I don't have hair. I have a mane. It's impossible to tame. It's really fluffy. It's very wavy. So actually my hair is not clean and I think it helps, but also it injures it a bit because the problem is because it's not clean or it's not, it's not tamed. I just couldn't find my way. So I was just like, oh, please help me God. So yeah, thank you for that. That's really in interesting and insightful. And now we're going to jump into our news and... This week, I have two news in one that I wanted to talk about. So I might jump on that myself first, if that's all right. Uh, and it's kind of two things, but they work hand in hand. So I thought I'm going to mention them both. And then we can just talk about DMs in general, because that's that's where we're going with this. There's two DM news from two platforms. They're coming at different times, but they're really interesting both. So let me read it out loud for us and see what's going on. First is the gram. Instagram is testing a new AI chatbot experience in DMs. So they're actually looking at creating a chatbot that wants to enhance your messaging experience. So it kind of almost goes one step above the automated responses that we currently have, including also some helpful suggestions in your DMs. So this is in testing. So we don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting to see the angle that they want to take with this and how do they want to enhance the DMs and whether this is going to make it better or actually kind of defeats the point of the human conversations. The second step on this as well, which might also feature AI at some point, is that LinkedIn also made a little tweak in their DMs, which I'm excited and also terrified about. I'm not sure what, which one I feel, which is company pages will be able to actually slip into people's DMs, which could be really interesting. Obviously, as I said, there is a, a gentle threat of potentially adding AI to the experience, but also I think it could lead to more unwanted DMs from complete strangers. But on the same side, it could be interesting if you wanted to expand your reach as a company and or you want to collaborate with people. So I like the fact that these actually happened about maybe like two or three days, like one from next, I saw both pieces of news. And it just kind of made me think like we talked about at the beginning of the year, DMs have become a really great way to foster conversations for a lot of people in different platforms. And you can see that the platforms are realizing that 
I'm just wondering whether these changes are going to do more harm than good and what are the positives and the negatives of both. So this is kind of one of my thoughts and a bit of what happened. I want to hear your thoughts because I think it could be juicy for both of them. So what's up with the DMs? What do you think about the gram first? Let's start with the gram and enhancing with AI thoughts. Do you think you, what could happen? What do you think they could use it for? But you're the best yabberer, so I can see that working. That's all I'm going to say. You know what I would love? And I always feel like this going to the ether and they definitely don't land on Adam's lap, but you never know in life, right? They might be listening. They might be listening after all these years of talking about them. Um, but what would be, I think, interesting if you wanted to still, as you say, kind of make it something that is available for everybody and encourage everybody to use it. I think that's the point more than anything. If it was based on what is currently existing, which is the option that's another, also a note on the option of um, FAQs or like you can click on the question and get the answer. What annoys me about that is that I would love it to be an option for me to choose whether I want that or just be able to skip it and be, no, I just need to ask a question. Obviously, then the person can always still ignore you, answer whatever they want. I think if that was integrated within that and there was a separate choice that you can have as somebody who is starting the conversation, that I would appreciate. First of all, because the current way that you can use these sort of pre predisposed questions and answers like FAQs literally is that if you have somebody that has them set up, there is no way to escape them. And I'm like, I just want to ask that person something. Can we just get that? And I just can't get around it. So I think by making both the options a choice and almost make it very transparent that it is, you know, the friendly bot that can help you with X, Y, and Z. Again, I think that's where it builds that trust. And then if you are a small business that is a B2B, sorry, a B2C business that sells products and you like actually having something like this just for uh, customer questions would be super useful. Great. You know, that's your little bot. If somebody wants to ask you about collaboration, obviously they know they're not going to go for the bot. They're literally going to be, no, I want to ask a question. That's how I would see it based on what, on the back of what you said. I think it's that integration, that transparency in it. Will they do that? I don't know. I'm just putting down to Adam's ether like when he's not busy doing um, Instagram videos and just kind of answering everybody else's questions. If you're listening, that would be, you know, it's a simple thing, but I think it would really make a difference in the experience if we were to add AI to it. Into LinkedIn as well. What about the LinkedIn the in? What about pages starting slipping into your DMs? How do you feel about that? Fine. Slip in. Slip on in. It's still here. <laughs> like behind the page is still a human unless it's like you know that they've paid an agency and that's happened before like there's agencies that promise they will dm loads of people and get you like hundreds and thousands of leads and it's always like hello jess it's fully robotic it's like do you want this and this and this i can get you this and this and this just pay me this much money it's really horrible and really robotic but if a page dms me and it feels like a human behind the page DM me. DM me. I'll take it. I'm in. How would you use it though, strategically? Because that's my thinking of like, why would I why would I still DM me as my page instead of myself? You know, that's maybe where my head is going. It's like, I'm there as a professional, as a person. Mm. Why not do it that way? What would make it different? I don't know. Even in the, the piece of news that I read that is going to be linked in the newsletter as well. I read it, I was like, cool, great. If it helps with your shyness, maybe. But aside from that, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing. Am I missing something? I just don't see the point. I don't know. I, don't I think know. I would use it if I was speaking on behalf of a business. Or I would, if I had a team, 
I would tell them to use it to speak on behalf of the business instead of me. That's what I would do. If right now, being a business of like one and freelancers doesn't make any sense for me to message people for a page. In fact, I tell people don't who have a business of one, don't worry about getting a page or just get the name and like, just don't worry about it. But as your business expands, and I think, again, this has been made with those bigger businesses in mind, the social media manager, the PR people, the, the team can speak on behalf of the page. And it, it's just taking one less job away from the CEO. That is very true. That's an excellent point. And I think, again, that's where me stepping into that kind of smaller business mentality I kind of struggle to see it, but that's a very, very fair point. And I think it kind of shows also that power of relationships. And it kind of leads me straight into what you found out this week or kind of like, kind of like booped your, booped your, I don't know what booped your attention, but I like the word, um, which is completely relevant for what we're talking about, um, which is actually about the power of social selling and like that kind of build and trust. And I think it goes back to the human element that we talked about, um, and I love that it's all about Gen Z. So you're going to spill the tea about all the stats and all the good things. But I feel it also, it, I feel it's also slightly trickling into other generations, maybe the older generations and generations like myself. I'm just on the back of the Gen Z. I'm a millennial, everybody. Hello. Just in case you didn't notice from all of my weird references. Um, and I feel that it's taking us longer, but we're also getting there. So before you're like, ah, I don't talk to Gen Z. This is not relevant to me. Wait and listen to what Jess has to say, because I think there's a lot we can learn. So tell us what's up. Yeah, I'm just opening my reference sheet so I can spill. Okay, I'm going to read now. Because <laughs> I found this really, really interesting. Um, can you just explain who Gen Z are? Because I always say it wrong. Who are Gen Yeah, of course. What age are they? So... So the, the Gen Z, I find, I need to actually check it again, because the problem with that is that when you're talking about different generational kind of gaps, you you kind of think about somebody like, for example, you know, people that are 18 year olds or over, but now that also has a slightly spanned. So if we look at Gen Z, let me actually tell you exactly, roughly, obviously it's a rough um, kind of age of, there we go, mid to late 90s as their birth date. So I'm from the, we're, we're both from the early 90s. So we are actually our millennials, yeah. uh, whereas Gen Z is, but because it's Generation Alpha now, so a lot of people think about maybe Generation Alpha as the Gen Z because they're younger, but a lot of the Gen Zers now are young adults and almost like late teenagers, whereas when um, it started becoming a really powerful generation and even the buying power started very young for them, like when they were teenagers, when they were younger. So think about mid to late 90s as their birth years. That will help you out. Yeah, I always get confused on it. I just think of my sister's age. I'm like, yeah, my sister's Gen Z. And just... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why it's important to reference to the good shout, good shout. So yeah. what can we learn about them? What have we learned about them? Well, they, on this really interesting article on retaildive.com, it says 85% of Gen Z says social media impacts purchase decisions. Brands betting on social media to reach Gen Z may be right on track. 85% of respondents in the generation said social media influences their purchasing choices, according to a report by the International Council of Shopping Centres released this Wednesday. 85% of men and 86% of women said that social media sways their buying decisions. And like 45% of Gen Z respondents named TikTok and Instagram the top platforms for influencing their decisions. Then was YouTube, then was Facebook, then Snapchat, 
Twitter and then Reddit right at the bottom. So it's going TikTok and Instagram. And I can understand why TikTok would be leading the way because they have pretty much built their platform around having shopping capabilities from the get-go. Initially, it's, it just it makes you want to shop. And if you just scroll live for two seconds, you will find some kind of QVC-like I hope everyone knows what QVC is. We all find some kind of shopping channel-esque person on there selling you something with all the products in front of them. In fact, the app, it gently, not gently, it pushes you to become a, a seller on there. Hey, you can become, you can have a shop on here. Why don't you have a shop? It's, it's, it's started a lot of people to have small businesses or just to have a, a shop window on the app. In terms of which retailers, Gen Z shops, almost half, that's 48%, said they most frequently shop at discount or off-price stores. So that, again, makes so much sense when it comes to TikTok and when it comes to, well, not even Instagram, it's more TikTok because they're always promoting these crazy sales. I just bought 100 Blue Rolls for $17.99. I literally did because it was like wow amazing instagram on the other hand i feel and this could just be where my algorithm's taking me it does influence me to shop but i shop small i shop local i shop sustainably there i am supporting my small business owner community and loving seeing their clothing and i've got loads of clothes loads of hats lots of like hairbands stuff like that but when it comes to tiktok my algorithm is pushing me more towards like brand names. There's loads of sustainable small businesses as well, but I feel like TikTok is like leading the way when it comes to everybody being able to sell their stuff easily, but resell brands. So I can understand why why these things are true. It's just really interesting. It's, it's everyone's saying like no one's got any money. People are really careful with their tight with their pockets. It's really hard to make sales, but it just really depends on your content at the end of the day. I agree. I agree. It's also something to be said. Thank you for mentioning that. I just want to piggyback on that as well. We, our generation, especially, so going back to the millennials, especially, you know, 90 and 91, 92, we, we entered the world, at least I entered the job world in a recession. I was like, great, I'm not going to find anything because, and then we had another recession and we had another, obviously kind of ups and downs. So I think we have always to remember that you know, there is that element of the fact that it has happened before. And yes, people are more mindful, but I think it's also kind of meaning building more relationships because as I think you hit the nail on the head. And I kind of wonder also for TikTok, aside from that kind of broader spectrum of differences, there's also the fact that the creators on TikTok have such uh, influencing power in that. That also helps because bigger brands, for example, I see them still collaborating with people on Instagram, but I can really see those partnerships of bigger brands and creators flourishing a lot more on TikTok. And so that's kind of where you see that a lot more. And similarly for me, similar to you, my algorithm is actually showing me a lot of ads of um, one of the accounts that I have, one of the personal ones, uh, literally kind of B2C products and like very e-commerce ads all the time. And that's where I can see offers and cool things from small businesses and you know, instead of the bigger ones, that's what really targets me. And I think, I think you are right. Like smaller businesses also invest less maybe in their organic shopping experience in Instagram, but they invest more in the paid ads shopping experience by actually putting small paid advertising for specific offers. And so it's very interesting how that changes as well. But 
I don't know if Instagram has the same power with creators as TikTok when it comes to that kind of shopping experience. But I genuinely feel that is a big one for TikTok. I think we didn't like that. Like without the creators, I think even the live shopping experience wouldn't have been the same. Because if the brand goes live, you don't give a toffee. But when the creator goes live and shows you all the amazing offers, they got all the cool things. That's where you build that kind of relationship. And that's when you build that trust experience. Yeah. And it's just the hardware of the app on TikTok has been built. So that live experience, you can shop in the moment and it doesn't even take you away from the video you're still watching you're buying and you're out and then the the user who's selling gets a notification they're like oh thank you your name for buying this instagram is a thousand miles away and i don't but i i still don't want the app to be that i don't want it to yeah i don't i don't want them to like jump on that i want them to just keep doing what they're doing maybe be a bit more like etsy and like have links that go away from the app and take you to like just, i think that's what they're gonna be yeah I generally thought, I generally don't, I think they tried. I think we've seen in the last, especially with the pandemic and around that time and just post, they tried to really push the shopping as like the shopping experience that was making everybody else. It didn't work. We know it didn't work because the shop tab disappeared uh, or kind of like started hiding. It's there, but it all started hiding because it's not the main focus. And I think there is some power in that, in understanding how it is a different experience. And so if you are wanting to try and get people to buy from these platforms, you will know, depending on who you are, instead of trying to push for something that is not going to work, as Jess said, you said so many really interesting things about the different behaviors, understand where people are already buying products similar to yours or the way that you want to kind of sell and then go there instead of trying to, what is it? Push a square, like pegging a square hole or something like that. You know, I can't think of that one. It's a good one though. But if anybody knows, you know what I'm trying to say. You're welcome. The foreigner in me comes out every so often. Uh, I got one example that I can come up. What I love about this as well is that it actually kind of slides into one more thing I wanted to talk about today which is about creators. So we had a tiny bit of creator conversation going on because I think it's such an important influencer, excuse me, influencer element when it comes to shopping. And this week, actually at time of listening, yesterday, at time of recording today, we are hosting our first ever free marketing mixtape, which is basically kind of what happens every single week on the podcast, but on specific topics. And we actually dive deeper into some of the tactics, some of is more tactics and campaigns rather than news, even if we talk about some campaigns also in the pod. And this month is all about the UCG and the creator economy. And just because to celebrate it is a free event. So you can join, um, just go to allmarketingschool.com slash events to see when the next one is coming up. And we have limited free spots. So if you want to join us, I'd say come and get it quick. And I wanted to share one cool thing that we are talking about. So if you're listening, we already talked about it yesterday. And it is about creators because obviously this month is all about creators. And it's actually, I'm going to ask you, um, what do you think, Jess? This is from research. So it's a really interesting piece of research. that says there is one variable, there's one element that makes influencers more engaging. When something is added, where something is done in a specific way, it makes their posts more engaging. This is very vague because I don't want to help you too much. Can you guess, can you and my dear listener guess what is the element that makes influencers and their posts more engaging? Is it to do, is it either, is it to do with something that they put on the video? Is it like a prop they put on, is it to do with them in video or is it to do with the way they post the content? Is it to do with the edit or is it to do with the video? Is it is it with the content itself? So video, I guess, but it's more with the content itself rather than the edit. 
Okay, I can tell you the advice I give to people. Unless, let's see if money wins that. Let's 100% see. it's not going to be the same, but this could also help you. I'm going to say fellow listener. <laughs> okay, so what I do, if I've got something to say, I want to be heard, is I put a mic. I put a mic. Nice. That really makes people go, oh, she's got something to say. If they want to double down on that, I have closed captions. Having a mic, having captions on video content, for me personally, what I've noticed with my clients, it makes users stop the scroll a bit more because it's like, oh, they've got something to say because the captions are there nice. and the mic is there. So that's that's the advice I give. But I'm dying to know what the what your nugget is. <laughs> It's very similar though. So obviously, if you were at the big step, hello and welcome, you already know, dear listener, look at you and you're like, Fab, I already know. But for everybody else, it is very simple. Is actually when they include a friend or their family. People, I'll tell you a bit more about the, the, the whole thing, but people are 95% more likely to engage with posts that include a friend or a family than the ones that you do on your own. So I agree with that because I've started bringing in my pig not my real pig, but my Percy pig. Like when that giant so cool. oh my god, people love him. People, I always get comments. I'm gonna include him more. Noted. So again, if you have a Percy pig, that's great. I we have Timmy and Terry, which currently actually are not here, but they're hiding. But I need to I need to get them out of hiding actually. Um, which are my two little twin avocados with a bubble hat, and everybody loves Timmy and Terry, and they want them in more videos. So there is that. But also real people work really well. Um, so obviously, but let me tell you a bit more about this and just to kind of give you a bit of the context. So obviously, like everything, there is a limitation. This is a research, so it's not done on everybody, but it was done on a study of five, no, sorry, 5,500, that's the one, Instagram posts from 763 influencers. And it kind of showed that as long as you included one or two friends or family in the post, they made them more relatable, authentic. And so people were more likely to actually connect. Now, this was mainly tested with macro influences. So people with a huge amount of following, which is fair. Um, you know, so they actually decided to decide to look on that poll. I would love to see the same research done with smaller influencers. And one of the examples that we bring, actually, we brought in the mixtape is uh, Gigi Addis and her Coca-Cola uh, campaign. So just if you wanted to see one example, like real example, you go to like Gigi Addis, however you pronounce it, sorry. And um, and you will see there's a post in partnership with Coca-Cola and it has her and her friends getting ready to have a meal. And that kind of showed like the different kind of A-B testing that they did with different posts that didn't have anybody else. Um, so I find it really interesting and is research, so take it with a pinch of salt. But I think it's that reminder that when everything feels also a bit more natural and less staged, we bring some more example in the actual event. People just feel more connected. And I think the Percy, little Percy pig is a great example of it just feels like it was naturally there, part of the background. And you're like, oh. Who's that little buddy? Um, so I really love this because it's a small shift, but it can make a hell of a difference, especially if you want to work with creators and fellow creators and you want to create something together. Maybe that can be part of your briefing if you're a brand and be like, you know, we would love to see you and your friends enjoying this or doing this instead of yourself. So I kind of like that. I thought it was an interesting little nugget. Yeah, really interesting. Now, this also means that because we said it, Percy is now going to appear in the next video pod. So we're expecting to be now also feature. I also bring uh, Timmy and Terry. They're going to come up and be at the forefront. I promise. I now said it. Um, but 
We talked about a lot today. So we want to hear your thoughts. As always, if there's anything else that caught your eye, let us know, both at Old Marketing School or jessica.sofia.bruno. Uh, get Jess to tell more about where you can find out more about her. But we're always here to hear what's up and what's coming up. Also, as a reminder, it's summer. So we are going to have a couple more kind of roundup episodes as well coming up in the next couple of weeks with some good snippets and things from the past because we're also taking a light break or some sort of break. So we are going to have some weeks where we're not around. But in the meantime, we're also going to be providing you with lots of goodness, as always. If you want to ask us any question, go at Alt Marketing School everywhere, altmarketingschool.com slash events to jump in the next free marketing mixtape. If people want to find out more about you, Jess, where should they go? Come hit me up on the gram. <laughs> My full birth name at jessica.sophia.bruno. We'll see you there. As always, it's been a pleasure. And in the meantime, class dismissed.